0: Kimberly. You're listening to an Aiden's Wagon podcast. I'm a mom to an amazing boy named Aiden that happens to be on the autism spectrum. I wake up every day bracing for a new adventure. I will share some of those adventures with you on this podcast. We will also hear from other parents, educators, authors, and caregivers. So please sit back and enjoy. Welcome to our very first Aiden's Wagon podcast. I wanted to share with you all why I started Aiden's Wagon. I have a five year old son named Aiden that was diagnosed with speech and language delay at about mm, the age of two. And then he was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder and sensory processing disorder at the age of three. But my journey did not start there with Aiden. In true Aiden fashion, He decided he wanted to enter into this world early, and he was born at 31 weeks, weighing three pounds and two ounces. He was in the NICU, neonatal intensive care unit, for 28 days and three hours, which were the longest 28 days of my life. Well, because he was a preemie, it put me on notice to pay really strict attention to whether he was hitting his milestones in a reasonable time or not. And I would have constant conversations with his pediatrician and voicing my concerns. I started noticing that around 15 months that he was not progressing like I thought he should be progressing, especially with the the language. So I went back and forth with the pediatrician and she gave me the information for an early intervention program that we call here in Georgia, we call it Babies Can't Wait, and I'm sure it's something different in other states. So what Babies Can't Wait does is they will um, provide therapy or um, subsidize payment for therapy and the therapy is done in home. Until the child is the age of three. And then at the age of three, they will then be able to go to they age out and go into the school system. So at the age of three, then Aiden was able to go to school. And at school, he can receive those therapies because at public school, it's free. So. We went through the process um, with Babies Can't Wait, and now at about two and a half, he starts the evaluation process for the behavioral and the OT to see if he needs occupational therapy services. So during, and even before we started with Babies Can't Wait, I thought that maybe since Aiden is the only child That maybe if he were around children, more doing different activities, maybe that was something that he was lacking. So I signed him up for music and different arts and martial arts, hoping that this would help him progress and hit the milestones and and help with his language especially. Well, we signed up for one event uh, for music and Aiden loves music. So I just knew that this would just be an, an, an awesome thing that I was doing. This is going to be great. He's going to love this. He's he's going to be really into it. It's going to help him. So we, I registered for the music class and on the first day, we were asked to leave. Aiden wanted to was handed an instrument and he was so excited was so into the instrument and when it was time to put the instrument back into the basket and move on to something else he did not want to do that the instructor was so adamant about getting him to put the the instrument back in the basket so Aiden once I got the instrument from him because she would just insisted she said he's gonna ha- you're gonna have to leave um because he had now gone into a complete meltdown so we were asked to leave so I was so humiliated and as I was leaving I thought I'll never come back here again And so I waited outside for a little while and said, well, maybe we'll go back inside. And I felt really bad for him because once he calmed down, he wanted to go back inside. He didn't understand what had taken place. He didn't want to leave completely. He did not want to go to the car, but we were not allowed back inside. We couldn't go back inside. She did not want us in there. So at that moment, I thought that no parent should feel that way. No parent should ever be that humiliated, embarrassed, ashamed. So I wanted to create an environment that my child and other children on or off the spectrum could be themselves. If they have a bad moment, um, if they're it's just not a good time and they don't want to participate in all of the events or what have you, that their parent can deal with that situation and not be judged. There's no judgment. So I wanted to make sure that Aiden's Wagon, any activity that we do is a judgment-free zone. And I just, I make sure of that. And also I wanted it to be for, um, to be all inclusive. So like I said, it's not just for families that are on the autism spectrum because they have siblings and friends and and friends in the community, and we we invite all of them to come. So that is why I created Aiden's Wagon out of a necessity for families. I will never never tolerate any family uh, feeling humiliated or embarrassed or ashamed. Um, since I would I know how that feels and that was just it was just the worst because you know that your child has meltdowns or has bad days or or what have you and it'll pass. Yes, you might need to take a breather and come back, but it'll pass and no no parent should feel that they have to leave and not come back and be banned. So that is why Aiden's Wagon exists. Um on this podcast, we will have uh hear from authors educators parents um the community itself so i hope that you all enjoy this i hope that you all will be able to get something from this and um hope you will be able to attend some of our events you can go to www.aidenswagon.org and check out our calendar and see what events we have coming up and if you don't have a child on the autism spectrum, or um, you may have a neighbor or a friend, um, please refer them to the website and have them attend some of our events. And you could also support us as well. Thank you. Hi, I'm here with Lynn Shabbat. Hello. Hello, Lynn, the renowned Lynn Shabbat. Um, Lynn is a special education teacher. Mm-hmm. And she is a special teacher because she was the teacher of my precious Aiden. And I wanna talk to Lynn today. I wanna expound on her career and her mom, being a mom rather, of a special needs child. So I will let Lynn go ahead and first tell us, I guess, what made you become a special education teacher?
1: Um, I kind of always uh in in churches and with babysitting, I always uh, love children, and um, I had an experience with a neighbor of a child with special needs, that my siblings were not um they were a little nervous to play with and didn't really know how to play with her, and I just was so attracted to her out mm-hmm. with all of her, um idiosyncrasies and her different behaviors and everything i wasn't afraid i was kind of intrigued and then um you know from time to time i'd read a book or watch a movie and i just always felt a calling almost that i could do something like that that felt like something that fit my personality
0: so it was just in you i think so just yeah i think
1: i was one of those lucky people that at an early age kind of uh you know, a teacher put a seed in my mind of uh, that you'd be good at that after reading Helen Keller oh, wow. um, okay. in the fourth grade. I remember having to um, do a book report, and I was worried about uh, the drawing part of it because I wasn't very artistic. So <laughs> I, I read the book, and I thought, yeah, I could I do that when I grow up. And, you know, I was probably 10 or 11 years old, oh, wow. but it just, the seed was planted.
0: and. Speaking of planting seeds, you have been planting seeds for how long now with
1: Oh, children? give away some information. <laughs> Let's just say three decades and counting.
0: <laughs> okay. So you were a special education, are a special education teacher, so then you became a mom of a child with special needs.
1: That is correct. That is the um, the irony in the universe. <laughs> I, um, I was well into my career. Um, 16, 17 years I had worked on, um, I got my master's degree when my oldest daughter was 3 or 4 years old. One class at a time. I was teaching full time. And I really felt like I had a good handle on what teaching special needs was all about. And my third child just did not Speak, but did not give me any language. I had two other children to compare it to as far as milestones. And she was about 13 months with a vocabulary of mommy, Elmo, and ball. And mm. eventually no. And so I knew something was wrong. Um, but I wasn't really ready to accept anything like that. But I, I did have enough of a push in the back of my mind to um, get her tested. Okay.
0: So how... Did that change your career? Or did it change your career from the first half to the second half after it, having the diagnosis?
1: Yes, um, it did. Um, the first part was just understanding how um, the denial okay. of accepting that your child is different. Because as a parent, you're so madly in love. Yes. You're so madly in love for the minute you find out you're carrying a child. Right. And that whole falling in love process just grows, and you are protective, and you are in love, and you are mom, you know, or dad. And so I understood when parents, when teachers could see things in children that parents were not ready to see. And what a painful, long, personal process that is. So that really, um, that part initially was like, oh, I get it. And over time, when I started putting my daughter in more intensive therapies, I realized the urgency of early
0: intervention. We cannot wait with our kids. Right. exactly. And so because of the early intervention with, with Aiden, I was blessed to have you Thank as you. a teacher when he was three. And I think, you know, I know that really helped him. And so what advice would you give, I guess, to a teacher... That does not have a child with special needs, but they are a special needs teacher because that does happen. You know, it, it was True. you. <laughs>
1: it was it was and in, in that urgency and that understanding, the empathetic mm-hmm. side to you know. Um, I had two other children. I was a working mom. I was a full time working mom. So adding to my schedule of this therapy and that therapy and, 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 the worry and everything else. Um, I try to relate to you and to many other moms that I know where you're coming from. This mm-hmm. is not school hours only. This is vacation time. This is 2 o'clock in the morning. This is the child that won't potty train. This is the child that runs away. Um, All the safety issues. I knew that and I felt it with everything in me. So talking to a new teacher or a a teacher that does not have a a personal experience with this, I would just um, say extend that olive branch and just say, you know, listen to their side because they are truly the ones with the child. They are the first teachers, as well as being a parent. And you're going to gain a lot of information by listening to say, what are they dealing with, the strengths, the weaknesses, and what is home life like? You know, back in the day, teachers used to go into the homes to understand their children, Mm -hmm. especially in special ed. And for whatever reason, you know, we don't really have an opportunity to do that anymore. So we lose that part of the whole picture.
0: Right, right. So... You have now written a book, or you're in the process of writing a book. It is
1: written. It's coming out in June. Yes, in
0: June. So, what made you decide now to go ahead and write a book? It surprised me
1: um, how it all came about. I, you know, when when Bree was little, um, I thought about it. You know, I thought, well surely for the reason that I am a special ed teacher and then become a parent, there must be some rhyme or reason in the universe that this would happen to me. Um, I say in my book that I should have gained a few extra points with God or your universe or whatever, (laughs) that I was already doing this, so why would you give me extra? I get it. And so I think um, the time... Was always in the back of my head that I would do it someday, like when she was older. And my other two children are, you know, in college, and one is um, has a career, and is married. And um, I just started writing in a journal, and I could not stop. Okay. The words came, the tears came, mm-hmm. and it was just my time. So over a few months in the summer, mm-hmm. I switched from writing in a journal, with pen to paper, to my computer. And then I, I kind of disciplined myself to say I'm going to write a little bit every day. Nice.
0: I cannot wait until June to Thank read it. Thank you. And
1: I have to get my plug in there that it's with 1010 10 Publishing. <laughs> okay.
0: 1010 <So laughs> 10 Publishing? Yes. Okay. So do they have a, a website? Yes, they do. It's 1010 10 10 10 Publishing. Publishing, uh-huh. Okay. So I just want to say two things. Um. Congratulations on being Teacher of the Year! Thank you. I, I could not uh, let you go without saying that, Thank and you. well deserved. And then the other one is a question: okay. Once your book is published, will you come back and talk about the book?
1: Absolutely, okay. absolutely. I really, I, went, I The book started out as a personal um, expression of my journey. The name of the book is "Connections: A Journey in Love and Autism." I wanted people um everyone to know, but even especially families that are dealing with this, that you will survive, you will thrive. Mm -hmm. Um you can have a beautiful life with a child that is is different in some ways and no Mm -hmm. different in other ways. Mm -hmm. You know, just Mm -hmm. be it's your child. But I'm hoping that the book will give me a platform to be able to answer questions about, well, what do you do in this situation? Because with a career of thirty years and I'm still in the classroom. Um It's kind of, you know, we always use puzzle piece as the autism icon, but it truly is a puzzle. Like, why is this child acting like this today? Why is he acting like this tomorrow? And I I love that. When I come into um, a staffing where a new child might have just moved in from out of town, and I just kind of like look at them for a few minutes i'm not listening to any of the reports and then i'm like okay we need to work on this we need Mm -hmm. to work on that and i can see it because i've Mm -hmm. had so many different children i've been lucky enough to see so many beautiful children come through my my classroom door so i have a lot of experience with that but um that's what i'm hoping just uh you know the conversation around autism around behavior disorders around any childhood developmental disorder Um, it needs to be out in the open. We need to be. We need to have some answers, right? You know, and we need to be able to rely on each other, not to have to reinvent the wheel. But if this is working, it might work for you. And I'm hoping to open up that kind of forum.
0: Right, and 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 two, I think with that, people be more accepting and not so standoffish when it comes to a child's behavior if they're not behaving, uh, typically. You exactly. Know? So I exactly, think, especially
1: yeah. as our children get older they um, you know they look like they're older they're physically mm-hmm. changing to they should be presenting like a first grader like a third grader and sometimes the behavior component or the social emotional component has not caught up and so those behaviors exactly. are very immature exactly. and a child especially in the school setting especially when it's a child like your son <laughs> who's very intelligent um. That we know where he is intelligent. We know what he can do. And then all of a sudden, some behaviors might come up. And then how do you make that work for him in the classroom? Right. For for you, for me, for for all of our families.
0: Right. And I I like what you would tell me after every hard day, which is probably you would just tell me every day, that we're going to make it through. Yes. He's fine. We're going to make it through. And just those common words were so encouraging and supportive. And it's like, okay she said she's been doing this for a while we're gonna make it through and and especially to a mom like me he was he's my first he's right. my only so I had nothing to compare it to or so it's just like oh my goodness how am I gonna do this but you oh you know that happens he's it's okay it's it's like, it's, oh, a, okay. it's one
1: day is is finished and we go on to the next day and um you know I really believe and just like the parent does naturally with the child the teacher has to build that relationship with the child so even though the child may want to please you and may want to be um, behaving appropriately that day they may not be able to because of their disability right. that day right. but in the back of their mind especially at this age at the young age they need to know that you are mom or you are my teacher and I you know I'm here for him right. and it's OK, you know it's that, that unconditional love. like I yes. love you as a person, you are amazing. And, and all these things show me that you are an amazing young man or young lady, but we're going to work on this behavior. Right. And, and showing that uh, holding the child accountable at his level for his own personal responsibility. You know, we, we would like him to sit for four hours and be act like a seven year old? Sure, but he's not seven years old and he's not there yet and he probably will be someday. But knowing where he is at that time And meeting them meeting, meeting him them, right they, there. Right. And, and and still letting him come out
0: with a positive uh self esteem. Yes. Thank you so much. You are welcome, I, this is my pleasure. I enjoy speaking with you. You're so encouraging. Um I'm just So proud of you. Thank you so much. (laughs) So proud of your accomplishments, and I wish you many more. Thank you so much.